Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today, today, today is episode 100. <laughs> I seriously, I think it's so cool. It is. It's amazing. I mean, we, I, again, we started this in the gospel of John. Yep. And four episodes later, we've been doing, this is the hundredth time we've done this. And I, it's it's been pretty cool. It is it is definitely yeah. something to celebrate. I'm yeah. excited, but it's been so fun to do. <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Thank you for celebrating our 100th episode of the Believe Podcast. So today we're continuing our series, looking at the cr- a chronological study of the gospels. We're looking at Jesus's birth. Yep. And his early years of childhood. Yeah. So uh, question for you, again, not to minimize the experience, um, but what, um, wh- what do you love about births of babies? And maybe you have um, like a love of one of the birth of your children, but um, what, do, what do you love about the birth of babies? Okay. Well, partly I am not one of those women that loves it. <laughs> Like okay. I did it four times and I had to be there. <laughs> but like when they say, do you want a mirror? Do you want pictures? No, thank you. Uh, so I'm actually not one of those women that's super into the the births scene. Um, obviously, incredibly grateful to be able to do that, to have our four wonderful children. Um, and it is pretty incredible. I mean, just the, yeah, the life-giving opportunity that we have as women. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm, maybe I'm not the most sentimental or in all of that about it. Okay. But I, well, I, I can't really comment I know. on. Yeah. And that's probably best. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do love the joy associated with, yes. uh, with the birth of a baby, the, um, you know, obviously, um, I almost lost a finger when Tanya was, I forgot to take my ring, uh, my ring off. Oh. And so she was squeezing my hand pretty hard and almost lost my finger. She came in asking for drugs and uh, get, where are the drugs? Where are the drugs? So, um, so, so I, again, not to minimize it, but I, I, I think I love the joy once the baby is born, Yeah. not the process because the process can be very painful, um, all of those things. And, but, but I think once the baby is here, there's the joy associated with mm-hmm. it. And, um, so, that is true. so, so again, we, why are we talking about births of babies? Because, um, Jesus had to be born. He just didn't show up on the scene from heaven. He actually had to be born. Mary had to carry him. And he didn't even have to be born. I actually think that is, is, he could have, he could have just just shown up. And yet that's another way that he humbled himself to go through that process and, and be a completely helpless. Yeah. 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 So it is pretty, that alone is pretty amazing. Yeah. And so we get to, we get to talk about a little bit of um, his birth today. And, and again, I, I think your point is, is well taken that, that, that he chose to humble himself to come through the normal natural means of being born. I think to identify, identify with us all over again to show that not only is he divine, but he's also human, 100% God, 100% mm-hmm. man. And uh, so I, I love, I love that. So, um, so again, we, we started this last time um, with, we introduced two people, mm-hmm. Mary and Zachariah. So, so why 
choose those families? Were they special families that that somehow they were chosen by God to because they were so special, they had pedigree? Why, why do you why do you think they would why, why God would even choose these two families? Yeah. Well, it wasn't because they had titles or certain experience or a level of society. I mean, there's nothing. They were very ordinary people. I think, why were they chosen? Um, I think my guess is, is because of their hearts yeah. and how they pursued God. And he he saw in them a faithfulness. And, and then we do see that as that story continues, which... Just pause a second. The scripture passages we're talking about, you can find in the show notes. We do encourage you to take time to read through those. It's heavy Luke today. Um, But and so then we see in Luke when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, her cousin, to say, you are not going to believe this, but I'm going to be the mother of the son of God and what you're pregnant to. And so they celebrate this together. Mary... um, has a song. Yeah. We don't know the tune, but we know the words. <laughs> and it's just a beautiful um, picture of how she just gives all the credit to God. All of God credits God with any honor that she's going to receive from this. She just directs to God as the one who's at work in her. Um, you know, her spirit rejoices in God, her savior. He has, the mighty one has done great things for me. The whole thing is just God giving God all of the credit. And I think that's the heart behind perhaps why she was chosen. Yeah. And, and, and I think with that, there is, um, and and, yeah, I, I think there is partly maybe no rhyme or reason other than that God graciously chooses. He graciously chooses individuals. And I think that's part of the motivation of the song is like, duh, me. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 12 years old, 13 years old. And you choose me. There are probably, there are many other girls in the, um, in the village that he could have chosen. And, and yet there is this sense of grace and favor. And, and I think that's with all of us, that none of us, there's nothing in any of us that warrants, um, us to be chosen. And, and, and every single thing that God does for us, sending his son, giving us salvation is strictly by his grace, by his favor. And I think it's the same way with, with Zachariah. It's like, like, there is no rhyme or reason. There were other priests, there were other men that he could have chosen. And yet he decides that he's going to choose him for uh, him and Elizabeth for John, uh, the forerunner, John the Baptist to be born. And I think partly that's, that's, that's the reason for the spontaneous song is is I, I and and I think you probably would agree is that there are moments even though you say you're at the beginning you're not very sentimental, but I know a couple of songs if you start singing them or if you hear them well that's yes <laughs> there is leakage everywhere yes, and that's so true. so I think there's this sense where when God shows us His favor He shows yeah. us His grace there's this spontaneous response of worship and songs and i think with mary and zachariah's song yeah. we see this response yep. to god's grace yep yeah zachariah's song comes after so i think we mentioned in the last episode he was not able to speak until john is born the first words he said are his name is john yeah, the other people yeah. around are like wait a second that can't be his name <laughs> that's not a family name but he says no his name is john he's then able to speak and he too breaks into song. Yeah. Just some phrases from his that I think highlight just the privilege of a relationship Love with it. God. Yeah. Um, in verse 
Luke 1, 68, he says, blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited. <laughs> I love that. You know, God has come. The Emmanuel, I mean, this is John the Baptist, but eventually Jesus is called Emmanuel, God yeah. with us. Yeah. And then he says in verses 73 and 74, he has given us the privilege since we have been rescued from the hand of our enemies to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in his presence all our days. So again, God initiating that yeah. relationship, Zechariah fully recognizing, wow, this is all him. You know, I... I get to be a part of this part of God's story. Yeah, I, I love it. Again, if if we, um, you, you know, you look at both of these and I love that phrase, he's visited us. Mm -hmm. And um, and again, both of them are responsive to God's grace through worship and the privilege and all of those things. And w when we look at Jesus's birth, we're, we're not just looking at some uh, fairy tale. Um, this is, this is actually placed in history. Yeah. This is a, there's a historical context where Caesar Augustus calls for a, a census to be taken. And that's very significant. I mean, it's, it's, it's history, yeah. but, but we also see the sovereign hand of God at work. And how do we see the sovereign hand of God at work through a census by the, by Caesar Augustus? Yeah. So Everyone in the Roman Empire has yeah. to go to their hometown. So that's how we get Mary and Joseph, who do not live in Bethlehem, but have to go to Joseph's hometown. So they trek along, fulfilling a prophecy yeah. way back in the Old Testament that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. An entire empire <laughs> participates in a census to get this couple to the place where they would to fulfill the prophecy. I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and I tell you again, if you, I mean, if you're listening to this and, you know, we're having a conversation between two friends and we, 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 we would be the first to say that God navigates the circumstances. Yeah. His sovereign hand is at work in your life. And I was talking to a young man yesterday and he was like, I don't understand what God is doing. And I tried to keep, I tried to let him know that God is always doing something. He's always working. And even in this case, he takes a very natural, normal, historical event to work his plan to fulfill uh, one of the prophecies in the Old Testament to get Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem. And, and so we're here to say that God is at work in your life too. Mm -hmm. And we may not always see it. We may not always see he's, see him working, but we want you to rest assured that he is working. He is moving. He is bringing people into place. He's navigating circumstances to get you where you need to be to bring him maximum glory. And um, so again, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful picture of the sovereign hand of God that he uses a census to get an entire nation mm -hmm. to the places of their birth. And, um, and we get a chance to see uh, a, a prophecy fulfilled to get um, God's salvation plan uh, uh, working among us. So yeah. love it. Yeah. Now, when I was prepping for this episode and, you know, see that I'm reading Luke 2, which is the Christmas story, the yeah. classic one that we read at Christmas time. And growing up in a Christian home, I, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've read the story. So even as I was preparing for this episode, I thought, okay, I need to be careful because I could very easily just 
rattle off. In those days, a decree went out. Entire son, you know, Quirinius was governor of Syria. That was always the big deal. Who can, which cousin can properly pronounce Quirinius was governor of Syria? So I asked the Lord. I was like, I don't want to just go into robot mode. I would love for you to reveal something new to me. And by golly, he honored that. So I was reading the Bible. I currently uses a the CSB version, and. Um, in the when the angel comes to the shepherds in this version, so uh, Luke two eleven, it says, "Today in the city of David, a savior was born for you." Two little words. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other versions that I grew up is said, "A savior is born unto, unto you,", you. Yeah. which is a little more generic. I mean, it unto you makes feels wide to me, but for you feels very specific and individual. Yeah. And it jumped off the page because I thought, yeah, well, both are true. You know, he was born unto all of us, but he was also a savior was born for me, for those ordinary shepherd dudes out in the field, for all of the individual yous. Yeah, yeah. And there was just a freshness for me in reading this very familiar story. And that can be true for all of us. That's I mean, really cool. That insight was super powerful, powerful to me. And I would encourage you to ask whenever you're reading scripture, ask God to reveal something to you because he does honor that. Yeah, so. absolutely. And you mentioned the shepherds. The shepherds were, again, you talk about for you, not just um, people in, um, you know, in palaces, but to the marginalized, the yep. shepherds were marginalized. They were considered unholy. They were considered since ruthless because they could not go to the temple, partly because they were working uh, all the time. And yet they, um, they, they're one of the first groups of people to hear this good news. And so it lets us know the universality of the gospel. It lets us know that the for you, it can be rich and poor and black and white and mm -hmm. Asian and Latino. And so literally everyone, and I love that about the gospel, it's not just for specific people, but it is universal mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, in nature. And so, uh, so I love that. Yeah. Um, Matthew two is the other gospel that shares a birth story and then includes details kind of a little bit further along. Yep. Um, and, and actually some pretty gruesome ones really when you, um, with Herod, the Magi come tell him, Hey, we're following the star. There's a King. Herod gets very jealous, wants to protect, um, his position, but the Magi through a dream are told you need to go, don't go back, report to Herod where you've seen this king. Mary and Joseph flee to Egypt. And then, I mean, it's just a simple phrase, but it's just horrifying that Herod commands that all the boys, two and under, are are killed. It's yeah, a yeah. massacre yeah. and and just awful. Just so, so awful. I thought, but and I in the midst of that just horror, um, Matthew often quotes. Old Testament passages. In my Bible, it happens to put them in bold, so it makes it easy to pick them out. <laughs> um, and so he quotes from Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Right? Yeah. There it is. Um, and so Jeremiah 31, if you go back to Jeremiah and see where this prophecy is, the verses that follow this prophecy bring hope out of grief. 
So they, this prophecy is, hor- a voice was heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be consoled because they are no more. But if you keep reading, there is hope. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is powerful for us too. Like even amidst horror, just things that we, that just shouldn't happen. We know they shouldn't happen, that we know it's not right. There's still, even in that, we can look to future hope yeah. that comes beyond the grief. Yeah, I, I, I just think that that is a very, very powerful word um, to someone who might be in the midst of ugliness right now, might be in the midst of pain and sorrow and suffering. And, you know, whether it is, um, you know, whether it's divorce or whether it is having lost a child or whether to violence or just lost a child period to birth or what have you in birth. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the word that you just gave is a, I think a right now ready word for a lot of people is that in the midst of grief and ugliness and bereavement and just all of that, there is, um, there's some, there's a light, there's hope. And some days we don't always see it. Um, but I think the word that you just gave is, I think probably helps people to say, Hey, I'm going to tie another knot and I'm going to hold on a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, for that hope to blossom in me. And so, so thank you just personally, thank you for just that, the, that insight of, of, um, hopelessness is the cause of a lot of people just saying, you know, something I just want to end it all. Mm -hmm. But if people can have just a sliver of hope, um, it allows them to say, okay, I think I'm going to get up one more day and I'm going to, I'm going to live. And so, um, so again, just, just bringing this light to, um, to something very ugly. And, And again, we see in the very midst of, we see the light of Jesus and, um, and he's, he's come to a hopeless situation. He came to a hopeless situation. He comes to a hopeless situation now uh, to give, uh, to give hope in life. And so just, a, I, I just, I, I just amid tragedy, God does give hope. And, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that I, I appreciate another insight that I think is, is worth mentioning, particularly from the Matthew two passage is um, we see um, them fleeing to Egypt, but then we also see them fleeing out of Egypt. And this should remind Bible readers, uh, anytime you see these two, uh, anytime you see familiar passages, like when was the last time we saw Egypt? We saw Egypt, uh, the people of Israel leaving Egypt, being set free from Egypt. And we see Jesus coming out of Egypt. And it's this sort of new exodus, mm. if you will, uh, a new d- uh, deliverance and liberation that's actually coming through Jesus. And so even if you feel stuck and feel like you're a prisoner, feel like you are you know, a slave to old habits, um, Jesus offers truly a new exodus. Uh, a, a new promised land uh, through him, through his death and his resurrection so that we might experience the life that God desires us to, to experience. And so, so I think there's a, this, this significant piece of a new exodus. Yeah, I love so, that fun little tie back to the old Testament. And, yeah. and that has to be on purpose. Yeah, you know, God, I think so. this is, this is one, it shows us this is one continuous story yeah. and we'll continue to see. I mean, I mentioned how Matthew refers to a lot of prophecies that Jesus fulfills, but even that imagery and just like, yeah, see, there's a connection here. And and we'll see that as we continue. I love that. Love that so much. Well, Jesus grows up a little bit. 
And um, then Luke 2 ends with a scene where his family goes to the Passover feast in Jerusalem. And I have actually left a child at church before. (laughs) So I can relate to, I fortunately was not traveling three days down the road before we discovered it. Um, But I have been there. Uh, And that's what happens to Mary and Joseph. They realize, oh boy, we, we thought Jesus was with us. He's not. So they return to Jerusalem and they find him in the temple. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I love and what jumped out to me from that is they find him in the temple and what he's doing there. It says he is listen- he's listening and he's asking questions. And I just love that humble posture that he has. I mean, here he is God and he does know. I mean, he, he knows all the answers. And yet <laughs> there he is among the teachers and he's listening and he's asking questions. I yeah. think that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I think, uh, Luke two ends with, you know, as he grows up, um, he is growing yeah. and again, shows us humanity again, right? Yep. He's growing in favor with God, favor with man. And, um, and there's this sense where, um, we see that Jesus is experiencing growth, um, like, like every, every other, other person, um, God and yet man, um, and so, or God and yet human. And I, I, again, I think that's, that's, that's good for us to know Mm -hmm. that the same ways Jesus grew that we, he invites us to grow in that, in that same way. Yeah. 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 Anything else? Are we ready to wrap up? I think we're ready to wrap up. Okay. So what can we believe about God, ourselves and others from this passage? Well, I think one for me is, is, is that God, um, sovereignly chooses. He chooses. Um, it's not because you have a pedigree. It's not because you are so special. It's really because he's the special one and he chooses to, uh, chooses the people he desire to use. Mm -hmm. And in this case, we see, him choosing these two families, um, Mary, Mary's family and uh, Mary and Joseph, as well as um, Zachariah and Elizabeth. And it, it's because of his grace that he does. And my response should be um, one of worship and one of uh, rejoicing. Yeah. 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 And I love, well, what jumped out to me from that Luke 2 passage that a savior was born for you. Yeah, yeah. That Jesus came for me and for you. I think that's that's encouraging to me and it and it just shows how much God loves. Like that he that he would do that for me is is utterly amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you friends for joining us. We always encourage you to have a spiritual conversation yourself this week.